He's from the Netherlands. She's from Serbia. He's from the corporate. She's from the nonprofit. He was an addict and burnt out. She was caring too much and got compassion fatigue. Two different backgrounds and two different voices. Welcome to a new episode of He Said, She Said, an unfiltered and honest discussion format with diverse views with your hosts, Vesna and Andre. Join their mission to break the stigmas and start the conversation while supporting HR and bringing mental fitness to their organization. Let's get ready to develop resilience, improve emotional intelligence, and build companionship within your team to reduce absence, burnout, and emotional exhaustion within your workplace. How can we make the workplace and the culture more mentally fit and ready for this kind of change? Because I think COVID and all the uncertainties that are happening at the moment, it's, it's a lot. And I think it was really, when we started to promote mental health, what we call it more mental fitness, a lot of people asked why is this important? But I think now that the why is gone and everybody directly want to start with implementing as much as possible. But we, I think also this episode, this podcast really shows our personal opinion. And personally, we really think that we need to remove a little bit of the heaviness from the topic of well-being, of mental health, as we say, that we maybe need to treat it even more as physical fitness, that we, like people know to train their brain or train their body. And I think it's the same with mental fitness or mental health. We need to train our brain to stay fit, to stay mentally fit. I think also here I would like to add, because I think it's quite important. I know that within human resources, there are a lot of people who are coaches, psychotherapists, and we are not saying that you should not approach it in a serious way, that we do believe that you must have certain sensitivity when dealing with these topics. You need to create trust amongst people. You need to make people feel safe, you know, to create actually that space of psychological safety. But for us, it's more, we see it as building awareness about this topic rather than directly going, oh, you know what, here is psychotherapist, you need to go to therapy. You know, dealing with the tough stuff right at the start. Yeah, I think it's the same. Like, it's it's not that you're going to train everybody to make them ready to run a marathon or something. I think it's more that we need to translate, like, that push-up or maybe that crunch. Like, how can we translate that to mental fitness? How can we really use simple exercises to train our brain daily? Um, and I think also important, like, how can we make it more interactive and way more fun? Yeah, I think that's also something that we really insist on when we work with people is to really make it more engaging, make it more interactive for people so that they feel like, okay, we're not, we don't have to share our whole life story if we don't feel comfortable, but we can still, you know, pick up some things that we find useful for ourselves and open up till a certain point that we feel comfortable with. Yeah, because I think we really need to protect also the fact, I think with COVID, 
a lot of knowledge was shared, like uh, webinars, lectures. I think every week there was something. Like also we presented quite a lot of free webinars with thousands of people. But I think we also really need to take a little bit of burden from the shoulder, like that really becomes a benefit instead of a burden. Um, I think also that we we can constantly give new knowledge, but I think it's way more important also to practice. I think it's the same with fitness. It's nice to know how everything works, but on the end, you need to do the work. You need to do the exercise and you need to train your muscles to become physical fit. And we believe it's the same with the mental fitness Yes, approach. and I think here it's it's important to say that not everybody are maybe willing to go as deep as maybe we think they should. And that's totally fine, you know. Yeah. And I think in depending on a certain stage and where people are, certain life transitions they're going through, like maybe they will just take some tools and exercises with themselves. But maybe, I don't know, a couple of years later when they become parents or they face other life transitions, then maybe they will think, okay, now I'm ready to dive deeper. And we need to have also that awareness that people will go as deep as they are ready to go at that moment. Yeah, I think the same. Some have a small walk in the morning and other ones are going three times a week crazy on CrossFit. And I think it's the same with the mental fitness. We really need to make them curious to, uh, to at least to become aware that it exists. Because me from the, say, the sales and marketing background, I think it's really important if we also really use that funnel, that we have the awareness, that we have the interest, that we trigger them, and then, or that we create a need, and then that they take action, instead of that we directly just focusing on the action. Yes, yes. And I think that's where the group is also really important. And I think for us working in group, it is, it is crucial because I think that you need that part of companionship. You need that part of seeing, okay, other people maybe have certain struggles, challenges, and that kind of brings awareness. I'm not alone in this. This is not some something just meant for people who are having certain mental health issues. Yeah, I think it's the same like in physical fitness. It's normal if you have a heavy bench press there is your buddy or maybe even other people in the gym who are really cheering you on like you can go for it you can do it but also if you don't make it still everybody is proud on the last lift that you did successful so i think it's also really i think gain and growth comes with pain i think that's that's a fact that's true and i think we also need to be okay with it but it's more like how can we together as companions within a team, how can we talk about that pain and how can we make it more normal? And yeah, I, I think also what is really important, um, I think now in the certain cultures, it's really like happy is important, but also um, reducing certain work pressure, I think it's really important, but I think also people are programmed to be under pressure. I think knowing myself, preparing this speech, I think when we were on the end of the week, there came pressure, so we needed to, and I think we came with the best result. And I think it's the same when we were back in the days, we were hunters, we needed to hunt, we needed to run, there was a lot of stress 
then we catch our buffalo, we came back, we feast and we enjoy the meal. But I think that part of enjoying, of coming back to your community, coming back to your family to enjoy the feast, I think that's something that we also really need to bring back to the organization. Because I think it's like when you are in a lot of stress, you have a deadline. I think it's even strange if you say the next day, I will be two hours later. But I think actually that's really taking care yeah. of your mental fitness. And I think those things really need to be more encouraged. First of all, because it's really cheap to implement. It's, it's maybe planning-wise that it becomes a little bit challenging. But I think if you give opportunity, you don't have to do all the work afterwards when they get burned out or depressed or fatigued. Yeah. So, but it's easy to say, but maybe better, how can we do that? How can we bring that awareness and how can we raise that companionship? So that is why we, we created something that we called mental fitness. And I want for people to know that today... I will talk a little bit more and we will talk a little bit more about what mental fitness is, but we really would try to give you certain tips and tricks. How can you really implement this in your daily life at your workplace? So we defined mental fitness approach as a practice of mindful-based methods that actually develop resilience to improve emotional intelligence, but also nurture meaningful relationships within groups of people, within a team. So it's Exactly. So these, this mental fitness, we kind of separated in three important components. And we actually based most of our workshops, most of our lectures and things we talk about in these three components. So I will break it down a little bit for you, and then I will give you also some ideas how you can implement this in your life. So the first thing would be mindfulness. Why mindfulness and why is mindfulness so important? So when people hear about mindfulness, uh, they think it's just meditation. They think it's just, oh, let's be in the present moment. Let's meditate and... Spiritual. Yes, be spiritual and so on. But actually, mindfulness is so much more than that. Mindfulness actually helps you build self-awareness. And when you work on your self-awareness, then you also work on knowing how to self-regulate. So in mindfulness, we're focusing on our thoughts, on our emotions, on our body sensations, and learning how to recognize them, how to accept them, but also how to calm yourself down when you're under stress when you are facing a lot of challenges, knowing when you need a break, when you need to pause, noticing when somebody is triggering you in communication so you don't become passive aggressive. So things like that. That is what mindfulness can bring to you, more self-awareness. And in my opinion, that's the first step if we want to even talk about developing resilience. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have self-awareness and you need to have certain self-regulation tools to deal with life challenges and life ad adversity. Because what is resilience? Bound learning how to bounce back from life challenges, adversities, issues, and so on. Because it's also mindful. It's quite an inner process. Maybe yes. we become more individualistic or... Yes. So that's why we added a really important part that is called common humanity. And what I noticed recently is that 
mindfulness has become really popular and also the whole culture of personal development became so popular happy for that yes happy for that on the one side but on the other side it brought a lot of to be honest narcissism a lot of egocentrism a lot of egocentric people everybody are woke everybody have this uh, self-care tools how to help themselves you know and all of a sudden everybody else are toxic uh, energy vampires, but me as an individual, I'm this perfect human being. And that actually leads to something that we call mech mindfulness. From the bird. Yes. So we think uh, people start to use mindfulness as a quick fix, you know, like just some tool and exercise that I can use to really fast get better. But that's not how we want to see this because we are social beings. We need others. We need others to grow. We need to be aware that other people are also going through challenges and struggles to build that feeling of companionship, of common humanity. I'm not the only one going through life challenges. That's why we insist on working within a group. The same as Alexander said in his keynote, really the relationships, yes. it's, it's one of the most important elements. Yes, yes. And actually, that leads us towards the third step, which is empathy towards ourselves. We notice in working with people that there is now a lot of issues with the topic of self-criticism, imposter syndrome, and mostly with high achieving individuals, mostly with leaders, who also people in the human resources who really put a lot of effort, but there is, it's never good enough. You know, it always has to be better or they don't believe their own success. And that often leads to burnout, to emotional exhaustion. And we believe that these three components can really develop resilience. And we call these three components mental fitness. And we believe that this can be trained. Of course, we are aware that not everybody has like eight weeks to go through a training. Mm -hmm. It's not always. Also, we go back to those lectures and not yes, not yes. So we kind of picked a couple of um, things that maybe you can already start practicing today. We call these mindful reminders. And I believe it's something that you can really practice for yourself. You can also present to your colleagues in different types of situations, on a meeting, on certain presentations, in conversations one-on-one, -on -one, and so on. So I will shortly describe <laughs> these tips. Give them some tools. <laughs> yes, that I believe you can really start using today. So it's when you're under stress, when you're feeling pressured, negative thoughts, feelings, a lot of work, there are three things that can always ground you, that can always bring you to present moment. That is awareness of your body, awareness of your breath, and awareness of sounds. This will calm down your nervous system and that fight-flight response and bring you really back focused to whatever you're doing. The other thing you can do is mindful walk. So it doesn't have to be that you necessarily need to go to the park to do a mindful walk. And actually, it's paying attention to every step you take. So, for example, if you're working from home, you can just walk bare, barefoot around your apartment and focus. You can go for the coffee in the office. Yes, yes. Or you can do it at the office as well. It can just take a couple of minutes. It will always ground you when you focus on the steps you're making. Other thing that you can do is pick one meal a day and try to eat it mindfully, really paying attention to the taste of the food. That can be breakfast, that can be lunch or a snack without a phone, without a computer, without talking with anyone. 
these small things that I'm sharing with you might sound very simple. It might sound even stupid or childish, but trust me, that's practicing mindfulness. That's having that pause moment for yourself. No, you don't always have time to do yoga, to meditate, to exercise, but for these things, you have time because you're doing them daily. Hopefully you eat, hopefully you walk, Hopefully you take a shower. Yes, because, for example, you can also pick one activity that you're doing daily and try to do it in a mindful way. For example, shower that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So you can really use showering as paying attention to how your body is feeling, the sensations in your body, and not using that morning shower to think about all the things you have to do or answering your emails in a mindful way. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you take deep breaths while you're answering your emails. It actually means that you're answering just one email at a time. You don't have... Drop the multitasking. Yes. Be focused. Exactly. You don't have like 10,000 emails opened, you know? So it's more like you really focus on one email that you're answering. But there is also another way how you can use this, for example, in communication with other people. We all have judgments when we communicate with others. No matter how enlightened you are, we judge each other. We have opinions, we have attitudes, you know, different experiences from the past, and that's okay. But what we try to do here, we try to notice those judgments, opinions, attitudes, and we don't try to enter conversation with these thoughts. We notice them and we let them go and we really listen to the people we're talking to. We have this that we call in mindfulness beginner's mind. We really try to practice this beginner's mind, which can be difficult because we're so proud of all the knowledge we have, right? So this is something that you can really implement in your daily life. It's very simple. And maybe if you try to explain it to your colleagues. Also, what I found really interesting, and I would really like to emphasize that People like to learn about things like neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. about our nervous system, about our automatic fight-flight responses. And I'm sure that there are many psychologists here. I'm sure you already maybe know something about how we can create new neural pathways, how we can calm down the fight-flight response, how those responses look alike. It may be even good to share your experience about the astrophysics that you work with. Yes, yes. So... I often thought this is just interesting for us who are in this field of personal development, but that's really not true because this summer I actually had an experience to work with astrophysicists and they were all like PhD astrophysicists and I thought like they're not interested in this kind of stuff, but they had so many questions. People are so open to learn about this, not just them, but in general when I work with people from totally different backgrounds. Because I work with general public, but that general public is employed at your company. So (laughs) those are your employees and your colleagues. Exactly. So I would really recommend to explain this stuff to people because they want to know, and then they will be motivated to learn it. Okay, so I can impact my brain, so I can change something. I can get some results from this. But I think also important, one of our most important values, practice what you preach. I think it's important that you first do it by yourself. Yes. Try to make it a habit and then show it to other people instead of 
teaching it to other people in your presentations. Exactly. Like, like oh, I learned five mindful uh, reminders. Uh, let's start with them all uh, tomorrow. So it's it's also what we also really try. There's already so much going on in companies. There are already stand-ups, meetings, uh, coffee breaks, lunch and learns maybe. So there are already so many platforms to implement certain mindful elements. Like it's the same maybe in, in the morning stand-up, maybe end the morning stand-up with, okay, so how are we feeling today? Or where are we grateful for? So really try to add small elements. And I think that's really what we are doing within our mental fitness approach, that we really help and support HR. How can we make the workplace more mentally fit with workshops that are practical, that they directly can use certain exercises that they can do together in the team instead of that we bombard them with more knowledge. And yeah, I, I think that's that's it a little bit. Yes, yes. And maybe for the end, we can just repeat for people what is actually mental fitness and how we define it. So we really define mental fitness as a practice of mindful-based methods which develop resilience that improve emotional intelligence and build companionship within teams. Yeah, and we have also a virtual boot on HR Week. So I should say we have a cool mindful reminder. This one is printed, but drop your uh, email address in our booth and we will send one to you. So you can print them, put them on your desk and I think start with being a little bit more mindful. Amazing. Thank you guys very much. You got very positive feedback, so kudos for you. And thank you for opening your podcast here at Teacher Week 2022. I'm going to leave you to go and enjoy other sessions. Thank you once again and see you very soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.